notre quotidien. C'est sur Terre. Well, welcome back to another episode of Rebel Scam Radio. I'm your host, Carlos. I'm flying solo today as we had some technical difficulties with the recording of this podcast. So I've had to re-record, which means couldn't get my uh, two sidekicks, Jim Bob and Jono, in to do. But we've decided to just to concentrate on Star Wars news for this one. And then the Chicks Flicks movies review, which we're going to do, we'll put in our next episode. So this will be a bit of a shorter one. Just with me, but we'll run through some still some exciting stuff. Um, before we get started on that, of course, you can find our news and reviews on rebelscamradio.com, um, on many of our social feeds, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, and Tumblr. Obviously, if you're already listening to this podcast and you've found us there, but tell your friends you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and any good podcasting app out there. Now... No Jim Bob and Jono, so no stories to tell. But we will go into what we're covering in this episode. Firstly, we'll go through some New York Comic Con news with Hasbro releasing a ton of new toys for Star Wars Rogue One. And also there was the um, author's writing panel at New York Comic Con as well, so we'll discuss what was said there. Um, we'll discuss some other Star Wars Rogue One news with a new composer being put in to finish off the score for the new film. Uh, we'll discuss Disney's plans for Star Wars out till 2020, 2021. We'll have a look at Star Wars Rebel Season 3 so far. I've just finished watching the Antilles Extraction episode. That is episode 3 or 4, depending on your point of view, but I call it episode 4. Um, so we'll discuss that and what's happened in the previous episodes up till now and how the season is panning out. We'll also discuss the Australian Force 5 Star Wars conference, which is coming up in 2017, and the panel which is shaping up for that. Uh, I'll talk about the Yoda origin stories that will be put together by Marvel Comics. We'll talk about some of the big TV show returns this season, with TV shows such as Flash, Gotham, Luke Cage, all off to a flying start. And um, we'll have a quick discussion about something that wasn't originally planned for this podcast, but I've just stumbled across it in the last few days and that is a tv show called westworld so so we'll quickly discuss that as well so no further ado there's no one here to talk to all i can hear is crickets so we shall start with some new york comic-con news now during this weekend, we've had a New York Comic Con going about, and there was a writer's roundtable. Um, so some of Star Wars' biggest authors, including Timothy Zahn, um, who obviously wrote the Thrawn trilogy and will be writing the upcoming canon Thrawn novel. Um, Chuck Windig, who has authored Aftermath and Life Debt, uh, Jim Lucerno, Tarkin and Catalyst, uh, E.K. Johnson, who has written the recently released Ahsoka Tano, uh, Ahsoka Tano novel, and Charles Sewell, who's, uh, who is writing the um, Lando Obi-Wan and Poe Dameron stories. Now, 
um, they went through to discuss um, all their processes and how they went writing about the stories, but probably the main one, particularly for um, Star Wars fans here in Australia, was Timothy Zahn, who is obviously the creator of the original uh, Thrawn trilogy series, which was the expanded universe canon, which is no longer canon, but he's also been charged with the task of creating the new Thrawn canon. Now, he's currently writing his um, finishing off the Thrawn uh, book, which will be the official canon of Thrawn in the Disney universe, but at New York Comic Con, he went through discussing the process by which he was approached to bring Thrawn into the Disney universe through Star Wars Rebels, which we'll discuss later on in this podcast. So, um, it was an interesting story which he told where where the uh, the Disney story team reached out to him um, headed by Dave Filoni obviously for a chat and during that chat um, they dropped the bomb that they wanted Thrawn to be brought into the Disney universe as the villain in Star Wars Rebels will he be seen in future films we don't know we'll see how the narrative plays out in Rebels but it's an extremely exciting time to have a new villain of Thrawn's uh, Thrawn's caliber through the previous canon. Um, and they look like, according to Timothy Zahn, that they are holding relatively true to that feel of Thrawn in the original canon, which is exciting stuff. Um, why this is interesting to Australian fans in particular is that Timothy Zahn's actually coming out after the release of uh, Thrawn the novel in 2017 to the Australian Star Wars Conference, the Force 5 Conference in Melbourne next year, which we will discuss a little bit later on the podcast. So it was a little interesting insight into the background of um, both Timothy Zahn and Disney and Thrawn. So... Um, so, yeah, so it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see where that all goes. Um, obviously, the Ahsoka Tano novel has been released in the last few days. E.K. Johnson went on to tell a little bit of the background behind the novel, um, where it positions Ahsoka Tano not long after Order 66 has come down. The time has come. Execute Order 66. And her adventures afterwards... Um, that would lead from the end of Revenge of the Sith into the world where she enters Star Wars Rebels um, in Season 2. So there'll be lots of exciting stories there, you would imagine. Um, I've also got an Ahsoka Tano theory, which we'll be discussing later on in the podcast towards the end, and Ezra Bridger theory, so we'll discuss that as well. They're the pros and cons of each, and we'll see where they go. But um, they were the main two really big novel stories, I think, Um from from this panel, um, you don't get much bigger than in the Star Wars universe in the moment than um, than Ahsoka Tano and Thrawn. Uh, they've kind of become fan favourites very much. I guess the last thing from the New York Comic Con um, writers uh, panel, which was of really great interest, was their plans for the 40th anniversary next year for A New Hope, and that they're going to put together a curated publishing program. So what that means, I think, is lots of compendiums and best-ofs and omnibuses um, to add to your Star Wars collection. Um, maybe even some graphic novels that we haven't seen before to tell some of the backstories and canon for the new Disney universe. So that should be super exciting. 
So also recently there was announced that from the Marvel Star Wars series that uh, Jason Aaron will be releasing a new arc which kicks off in Star Wars number 26 which will be the story of Yoda a little bit of uh, of background it'll be from it'll be from Obi-Wan's journals and tell the background story and a little bit of the origins that we really don't know much about of for Master Yoda so um keep that eye out that's another interesting um interesting little story arc which could become who knows a standalone film one day yeah, so this story takes place um, slightly before the Clone Wars, and so it's kind of set in a world that we don't really know uh, much about. Um, previously, we've seen Yoda as a teacher and Jedi Master, um, but this will really position Yoda just purely as a Jedi himself, so um, it puts him on a different um, story arc than we've probably seen before, where rather than being the master, he's actually a central protagonist in his own stories. Um, it'll be interesting to see who the villains are that they put him up against in, in the sense of uh, every hero needs a villain, a protagonist. So who is the villain that Yoda will be battling? Um, it'll be interesting to see. Could it, could it be Snoke? Could that be the backstory to Snoke um, between uh, those two? We know that um, Yoda had been a master for for 800 years, and also we know from what J.J. Abrams said about Snoke that he'd been around for about a thousand years at the time of um, The Force Awakens, so maybe those two have crossed paths in some way before... Um, It'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Now, the, Jason Aaron has also said that does not take place before The Phantom Menace, so it does sit in between Phantom Menace and The Clone Wars, so we'll see where it goes. Allegedly, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan will make um, some appearances in the story, so it'll be an exciting time. So keep an eye out for that. Now, finally, one more piece of book news, and that is a book that has been released on September 27th um, being, that has put together all the Star Wars uh, art by Ralph McQuarrie. Uh, now, Ralph McQuarrie, he was the American conceptual designer and illustrator for a lot of the original for the, a lot of the original trilogy. Um, so he's... He was uh, the conceptual designer for a lot of the original trilogy, but he wasn't confined to that. He also did other cool stuff, which I also love. Um, I'm a big fan of the original series of Battlestar Galactica. Um, and there's other films like E.T. the Extraterrestrial and Cocoon, which he also worked on and won Academy Awards for. So um, the artwork in there is amazing. I've got um, a previous edition with some of his conceptual artwork in it, but um, this one looks fantastic also. So keep an eye out for that. Star Wars Art by Ralph McQuarrie. Um, that is out now, so check it out. Now, on to a little bit of Rogue One news. Now... Um, recently, in the last few weeks, there's been news that uh, Alexandre Desplat, uh, who was originally scheduled to compose all the music for the uh, new film for Rogue One, um, has had to be replaced due to scheduling issues due to the reshoots that were um, conducted on the film, which means he wasn't available to um, to uh, score. Um, to score the Rogue One film, so uh, so it's not a major thing. I would assume that most of the most of the soundtrack to the film would have been already been done as well. So 
Um, so really his replacement, who is Michael Giancino, um, so he's also done work on the Star Trek reboots and uh, movies such as The Incredibles and Inside Out. Um, will be finishing off the work that has already been done. So, um, unfortunately, um, the extent of the number of reshoots that were done uh, on the film has meant that, um, yeah, uh, that um, display just didn't have time to in his schedule to um, recompose the music for those reshoots um, and make the adjustments needed. So... Um, but luckily enough, um, yeah, Giancino, he um, has said that uh, uh, he... So Giancino has been part of the Star Wars universe before in different ways. Um, um, he has uh, he has a relationship with J.J. Abrams, um, who he's privily scored films and television shows before. And as part of that, he actually had a bit part role as a stormtrooper in Star Wars The Force Awakens. So... He's part of the Star Wars universe, and he's back in the dent. So he's so he's part of the Star Wars universe already, in a way. So he's already in, just doing his second bit of work. So, um, so, but he will go down effectively as uh, the first composer to work on a Star Wars film that's not John Williams. So, um, so it'll be interesting to see the score. I thought the music in the trailer was fantastic, um, so hopefully it follows uh, down that path. Still, I would imagine it would. Um, I don't think I don't think they want to change the tone of the film that much. Um, and then, obviously, uh, John Williams is still scoring Star Wars Episode uh, Eight and hopefully Nine. Hopefully. Um, Hopefully that will happen as well. Uh, it'd be great to keep the tone for the trilogy films uh, with the one composer. So, yeah, so a little bit of news here, a little bit of a scheduling conflict. Uh, we have a new composer, um, but hopefully that won't affect the film too much um, at this late series. Hopefully he's just, um, well, hopefully well, for him he can put his own score on it, but I get the feeling it might be a little bit of painting within the lines that are already set for him um, for the film. So, still exciting though, so... Um, that it is now this close to Rogue One that you can sense it December 16. So I would imagine that um, most of it's already done. Now, in other Star Wars news, and also I suppose a little bit of Indiana Jones Marvel news, I guess it's all kind of combined now with Disney. Um, Yeah, Bob Iger um, has big plans for both the universes and... He's confirmed that um, Star Wars has plans out to 2020. Um, they have a series of movies still in development until then. Obviously, we all knew about them um, with the trilogy and spin-off series. Um, but they're also are starting to plan what they're doing beyond that. So um, it'll be interesting. I think what we're seeing now is Star Wars... Um, going into a business cycle similar to what we see with almost consumer consumer gadgets such as the way that Apple and mobile fo- uh, mobile phone providers such as HTC and Samsung every year they're releasing a new product to keep the market um, buoyant and interested in terms of what they're doing so um, it looks like now that there's almost like an 18 month cycle or a yearly cycle for um, Star Wars films out till 2021 um, uh, will this mean the Star Wars universe may get bored of all these stories? Will we get watered down stories? 
Um, I hope not. Uh, I hope now they're planning out the films for 2021, 2022, 2023 and starting writing them now, that it'll all be sitting there waiting for them. Um, same, obviously, with the... Um, with the video game environment and um, and and VR, what happens in those markets through that time? Um, obviously, we have Star Wars Rebels. Um, as we posted on our website the other day, there still looks like um, like uh, like Disney are keen to possibly get a Star Wars live action TV series, um, similar, I guess, to. Uh, what we kind of saw with the new version of Battlestar Galactica up on TV. Um, uh, will that happen? We hope so. Um, that could tell some great stories depending on what it focuses upon. Um, it's allegedly going to focus on a Boba Fett type story, um, some bounty hunter stuff, so that would be fantastic. So 2021 is all planned out. Beyond that, they are planning. We'll see how it goes. It's a great time to be a Star Wars fan if you love it. Um, obviously I'm concerned, um, with this kind of uh, constantly cycling through products, creating Star Wars into a consumable, um, that's concerning, um, but we'll see, but we'll see how it goes. Um, obviously with the pre-planning that they've got in front, hopefully they've got fresh new ideas and concepts because... If you're going to rehash the same Hero's Journey storyline through another trilogy, set of trilogy films after episode 9, um, I don't know whether or not that would necessarily work. I think you, you may be leading to that um, a, a few more standalones. And do we really need trilogy films? Can we not Can we not tell a story in maybe two parts rather than three? Like Just because the other uh, film series have been trilogies, do these, do these need to be a trilogy? Can't we tell it in a little bit of a shorter time frame? Um, it could be something interesting that um, they could possibly do. So, yeah. Lots and lots of Star Wars news coming from Disney out over the next decade. So, um, there'll be plenty for everyone to talk about. So, we're getting through all this stuff pretty quickly. Maybe it's because I'm not um, Dragged down by uh, by Jim, Bob, and Jono. Yes, 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 yes. See, 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 see. Shout out to the boys. Um, so, what we'll probably do now is um, we'll talk about what I'll do is I'll talk about quickly uh, just the Star Wars toys. Then we'll go into um, then we'll go into the uh, Rebel season three so far. Um, uh, then we'll talk about Force 5. Actually, no, let's talk about Force 5. Uh, Force 5 is an Australian uh, Star Wars fans conference. It's here in Melbourne. Um, it's here in Melbourne from the 2nd to the 4th of June in 2017. And they've announced their guest lineup, obviously. Um, uh, top of the rank for me um, in the guest list is Mr. Timothy Zahn, author of the Thrawn trilogy, um, so which we discussed earlier before in terms of uh, him being on the New York Comic Con panel. So it'd be fantastic to have him after the release of his Thrawn novel here in Australia um, and talking to him about um, what Thrawn means to him, what it means for him to be in the Star Wars universe. And by then we would have had a chance to read the Thrawn novel and discuss with him uh, the changes in canon which were made and also probably uh, Rebel Season 3 would have concluded by then too and we'll have um, 
we'll have uh, we'll see where Thrawn is positioned in the Star Wars universe um, there as well. Now, uh, secondary, we have Stephen Sansweet. A lot of um, Star Wars collectors will know him as the premier Star Wars collector in the world. He's got the world's biggest Star Wars collection. So it'll be interesting to pick his brain as a Star Wars collector fan myself of uh, old vintage Kenner toys. It'll be great to catch up with uh, him and have a chat with him as well. Um, we also have Lorne Peterson, um, who is responsible for a lot of the um, special special effects and miniatures on the original trilogy films. So he's won Academy Awards for that. Um, so he'll be out here as well. We also have an Australian author called Chris Kennett. Um, now, may not know who he is, but he's responsible for a lot of the Star Wars Golden Book series and stuff that have been released out into the marketplace so it'd be interesting to see um, uh, so how Star Wars um, stories are told for young kids today and uh, what that process is by which he does that. So that's the early special guest list so far. Um, there'll be lots of other stuff there in terms of trading and arts, um, um, uh, toys, um, lots of stuff there that they'll be selling. Um, Force 5 also has at the moment for sale if you pre-order now. Um, if you get on the list, they will try and pre-order you in some special um, 3D, 3D glasses for um, for Rogue One. So keep an eye out for that. You can go to their website, um, star, www.starwalking.net, and um, check out all the links there for the Force 5 conference. Hopefully we'll get in contact with the organisers of that and get them on the show soon for a bit of an interview leading up to it. But yeah. Because um, it's run by the Star Wars, the Star Wars Appreciation Society of Australia. So keep an eye out for that. They also run lots of little Sky, Sky Force events on a bi-monthly basis. I think around Melbourne and Sydney. So um, if you want to get involved in the Star Wars community, which I most certainly do, um, um, you can catch them around the place. And tickets for Force Five are on sale now. So um, there are lots of different levels. Uh, go to the website and check that out. Um, now, I'm going to just talk about toys next. Um, Star Wars Rogue One toys have started coming out on the marketplace, and there was lots of new Star Wars toys uh, revealed at the New York Comic Con, uh, just gone in the last uh, 24, 48 hours. Um, probably the main ones of interest, I think, for a lot of people have been like the vehicles, the TIE Striker and the U-Wings, along with the Death Troopers and Shore Troopers, um, and obviously... Um, a lot of the new heroes there as well, Sorgera, um, uh, Ginnerso, um, Admiral Krennic, um, a lot of those characters that people will look forward to adding to their collections, whether or not they be in the three and a quarter inch or six inch Black Series um, forms. Um, I guess here, um, me and Jim Bob uh, in our uh, podcast that uh, that uh, unfortunately we couldn't recover. Um, from we had a discussion about the five point of articulation uh, versus um, uh, toys with like 14 points of articulation such as seen in like the G.I. Joe series and all that kind of stuff um, uh, we had a bit of a heated debate about it into which was better um, I'm a five point of articulation guy um, I really think that 14 point of articulation and black series products are designed for um, a, a display and be box collectors, they're not toys. Um, I, for one, um, think three, the three and quarter inch um, products are toys designed to be played with, um, not designed to be stuck in a box on a shelf to be displayed. Um, 
if um, so it, it all depends on what type of collector you are I'm a collector who likes to to collect toys um, not uh, miniature statues um, as it were um, I know that may sound like a bit of a a hypocritical point of view so they're 3.75 they're just standing there and they're all like mini statues but um, the Black Series and especially um, especially any high point of articulation toys that are designed to be posable and specific thing um, I just don't like them I don't think they're they're overly playable as toys um, it's not like you're going to be as a kid like bending little pieces of arms and and legs and stuff to get this specific pose so you can play now you just want to grab them and move them around um and 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 play with them and make up the world in your mind you don't need to have the reality of it of an elbow or a knee moving in a particular way to do that I, i don't believe anyway and um and obviously, uh, with a lot of those high point articulations, you can twist ankles and legs around 360 degrees and stuff. And how's that realistic in terms of uh, play? It's just, I mean, you could do yourself a lot of stuff with imagination and things, but I just, I just don't particularly like it. Um, and also, um, there's obviously the debate between um, display and box collectors in terms of. Um, I hate seeing people walk out of like um, a Force Friday or something with a trolley full of box products that'll never be opened, never be never be used by a child or a kid. Um, the, a lot of the Black Series is just adult toys. They're not even thought about as kids' toys. Um, I don't think anyway. Um, whilst as the Rebels figures, which are coming out now, uh, beautiful kids' toys. Like if you were like twelve, ten, or eleven, twelve, they're the they're the toys which I think are the most well-designed toys in the Star Wars universe right now. Um, the Death Troopers, um, the Death Troopers in the um, Rogue One line look pretty good, but um, the Ahsoka Tano, the Darth Vader figures, the um, the Admiral Thrawn um, three three and three and three quarter figure which will be coming out. Um, I've been told in the second or third wave, either late November or early December. Um, uh, are amazing. Um, you look at all the figures like Chopper, um, uh, Sabine Wren, uh, Hera, and the A Wings. They're designed to be played with, and that's what a toy is. So, um, I think there needs to be a defined line between a toy and a collectible in the Star Wars um, world. So, um, you're either a collector or a player in uh, in uh, in my world so and that's why probably of the only really new additions to my Star Wars collection have been a few Rebels figures um, because the Rebels TV stories on a few Clone Wars because uh, uh, those two series uh, are something that I've engaged with um, and like quite a bit so and their toys are very much in the same vein as the uh, original um uh, original kennel lines which were all fantastic toys um that being said the vehicle that is the remote control at act i think it's called uh the the trip carrier um that looks amazing and i would love that um and also the tie striker um is another uh tie vehicle which i'll probably add to my collection to sit amongst the um uh, the Interceptor, a couple of TIE Fighters, uh, Darth Vader's um, Advanced TIE, 
and also um, the Thai Bomber, which I got uh, back in the 90s. So um, that's fantastic. So, yeah, lots of toys there. I don't know really why everyone's so excited yet until all of the, really, the three and three-quarter figures are released. So, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, but they're starting to be released now. Probably the main wave will come before Christmas. It's strange, the kind of... Um, marketing machine hasn't really moved uh, much thus far oh yeah one last thing those little add-on backpacks and super big missile guns and stuff that you're getting with the three and three quarter figures at the moment i don't think they're needed i think kids have got enough imagination if you give them their favorite character and their weapon or their staff or whatever they use in the movies they i think they're smart enough to recreate their worlds without that extra um, junk to be honest now, I'm um, just going to finish up now with um, a couple of quick theories and then we'll go to um, Rebel Season 3, a quick review of that, and then we'll finish off with the um, with the TV series reviews. So I've got a little Ezra, Ezra Bridger theory, um, although there is one backbreaker for the Ezra Bridger theory, which is undeniable. Um, I've got a theory that Ezra Bridger may well be Snoke. Um, he has grown up through the rise of the Empire, um, as was said. Um, he is a Force user, um, and he is not a Jedi as of yet, and he is able to open both the Sith and Jedi holocrons. Um, so he kind of sits um, in between the light and the dark side with the balance of both, understanding both without... Um, without really being either or. When you look at the stills of Ezra Bridger um, in Season 3 next to um, um, a damaged Snoke, um, you can kind of see a physical resemblance between the two, even though Snoke's kind of a bit... obviously uh, been through a severe trauma um, in battle somewhere. Maybe that's um, what is in Ezra's future. Um we don't know. The deal breaker, obviously, is that JJ Abrams said that Snoke is like a thousand years old. So, um, if that's the case, if that's the canon surrounding Snoke, then my Ezra Bridger theory is blown out of the water, which it is. So, um, I got there. I got to a point where I thought I had a moment of enlightenment with my with my Ezra Bridger theory, and then it all just crumbled when I went through that one key point of uh, that JJ Abrams had raised. So that's out. But um, as far as Rebels also go, there is another theory that I've been thinking of in regards to uh, Ezra and Kanan and their um, engagements with uh, the Bendu in Season 3 of Rebels. And that is whether or not Snoke could possibly be one of the Bendu who sits in between the light and the dark. Maybe he is um, he's one of them, and that's how he has interacted with uh, with Jedi in the past, and and um, and uh, maybe why he's seeking um, seeking a uh, villain such as Kylo Ren who can sit also in between the light and the dark, and that he can train. Um, so that could also be a case that Snoke is one of the Bendu. Um, obviously, the Bendu in Season 3 are quite large figures in terms of in, 
in in relation to Ezra and Bridger on the screen. So it's a very similar dynamic to what we saw with Kylo Ren and um, Snoke in the movies in terms of the size and scale against one another. So, so we shall see. And then probably my final theory is, is and I think I've discussed this before, that hopefully... Um, Hopefully there well well there could be a tangible chance that Ahsoka Tana should really show up in Rogue One um, in a final face off um, final face off with uh, Darth Vader slash Anakin Skywalker to um, to um, foil him one last time in one last battle um, to put herself in like uh, the annals of uh, Star Wars history as one of the great heroes. Um, Gareth Edwards said that there were no Jedi in Rogue One, but Ahsoka Tano clearly um, says time and time again that she is no Jedi. So um, so that would work out in terms of that part of the storyline as well. And the one last thing is also that Saul Guerra has had previous previous encounters with Ahsoka Tano uh, during the Clone Wars um animated series um yeah so previously in the clone wars tv series um ahsoka tano had uh, gone to a planet called onderon and along with obi-wan and anakin skywalker um she was sent there to train rebel troops and during um that training she obviously came across um to Saw Gerrera and she had developed a strong relationship with both Saw and his sister uh, Steela so um, they, befr- they became um, comrades in arms as it were um, and became a, a super strong ally with Saw so whether or not there's a sequence in there where um, an older um, Ahsoka Tano uh, comes to the aid of Saw during Rogue One um uh, we shall see. So, um, but that's a possibility. There's a storyline in there which would make it extremely possible. And if that would be the case, that there's a battle scene in there, it would make sense that um, she would aid um, the rebels um, in such a key uh, a key plot um, in the entire stories of Star Wars in terms of the theft of the Death Star plans. Um, now, Star Wars Rebel Season 3 is obviously well on its way. If you haven't seen it, um, or if you haven't watched Rebels at all, it's the best um, Star Wars series since since the original trilogy's films, so um, you should watch it. Star Wars Rebel Season 3 introduces Grand Admiral Thrawn and also takes us along the hero's journey of uh, Ezra Bridger and his master Kanan a little bit further, introduces us to some um, new force wielders, and it just puts the uh, galaxy in um, um, in a particular time frame where it's kind of on the balance between um, the emergence of the rebellion and also the emerging dominance, the emerging dominance of the empire as they um, as they lead into the point where they're uh, building their Death Star. So yeah, the development of Ezra Bridger as the as the um, young powerful Jedi, which I think we've all seen before, um, it's kind of like a little bit of an Empire Strikes Back story going along there. Um, but probably the most interesting story um, that kind of sits in the background of season three is um, how Grand Admiral Thrawn, who we've 
never seen before. We don't know what to expect from a new canon, um, how he interacts with them, and how that leads into um, into the canon of Rogue One and um, and the original trilogy of stories and how that sits. So be interesting to see what happens there. Um, just watch the uh, Wedge Antilles Extraction episode. Um, so, yeah, you also get that. You also see a little bit of the background where um, Wedge Antilles um, came from in, within the new canon. Um, Sabine Wren, who's the um, young Mandalorian who's part of the um, Ghost Crew, um, gets um, gets her own story really, I think, for the first time that I can think of in this series and I think this season will be um, a lot more about her as well and her development as a character within the Star Wars universe so that was exciting to see today. Um, You get different paced episodes, Um, you can feel the through the pacing, trying to deliver that sense of uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn's meticulous, um, maniacal kind of nature, um, which is uh, great to have. Um, and then also you've got the the toing and froing between the light of the dark of um, of Ezra Bridger, um, uh, and whether or not he's actually going to um, go to the Sith or go to the Jedi. It's kind of still up for question at the moment, so... That storyline is playing out really nicely as well. So if you haven't got on it yet, um, get onto it now because um, it's going to be hard to ignore those storylines as they get through because there'll be a lot of noise about them. I know a lot of people were excited. Um, obviously, Darth Maul's also in there, and there were some hints in Episode 2, which you can read about on our website if you want, um, our breakdown of... Um, it's technically Episode 3, but Episode 1 was a double episode, so it's Episode 2, Episode 3... Either way, um, in week two of Rebels, there were some interesting um, storylines that involved Maul and characters from his past as well. So um, check check that out. We'll do a, a weekly review of each episode as it, as it comes out. So um, so you can keep up with all your Star Wars Rebels news and reviews and thoughts and leave us a comment and see what you think. Now... We're going to finish up with um, just a quick note about all the TV series which are coming out and just a quick um, heads up on on where they're at at the moment. These are mainly all the comic book ones, which we all love. So we'll start with... What are we going to start with? Gotham. Uh, that's probably the one that's most further advanced. That's off to a great start this season. Um, still going still going along um, with some great villain storylines in the development of Bruce Wayne. Um, uh, Penguin is back with, uh, with a vengeance, and they're more back now towards the um, central core... Um, central core villains... Um, with uh, the Riddler, and also uh, slated for this year's. Also, I think um, I think the Joker story uh, background story is going to be told. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Gotham works with that. But it's off to a dark uh, Batman-like start to the season. Real comic book feeling. That real, almost a little bit of Timothy of Tim Burton type feel to the to the start of Gotham this season. Um, yeah, really enjoying it. Luke Cage. Um, if you haven't seen Luke Cage on Netflix, it's fantastic. Um, obviously, there's been uh, a couple of series of Daredevil, the series of Jessica Jones. Uh, Luke Cage um, is a different uh, feel again, but it, it's just as good in its terms of its storylines. Um, it's a little bit, um, it's a little bit more like Daredevil season one, um, but. Um, 
yeah, the tone of it and how it works is very different. Um, and, and it's a fantastic TV series. Um, you can't ignore that. And there was Jessica Jones, obviously. Um, yeah, but Luke Cage, if you haven't seen that yet, catch it. Um, Iron Fist, I think, is scheduled to come out in 2017, along with the Defenders and the Punisher. So keep an eye out for them as well uh, next year. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. obviously um, started around the same time as Gotham. Obviously, uh, got the Ghost Rider in there. A little bit of a change-up in terms of uh, Ghost Riders now um, tied to... Uh, now uh, drives a car instead of riding a motorbike. Um, a little bit little bit of a change there. It's an excellent addition to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Now, I'm not a big fan of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I have gone back to watching it um, now that Ghost Rider's on there just to see how that storyline plays out. It's better than the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that I remember. Um, didn't really get into it that much previously, but this is a pretty good show at the moment, so um, keep an eye out for that, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, that should be into its third or fourth episode now of this season, so check that one out. So that's an excellent start. Where we got now, um, Supergirl uh, Season 2 starts on the CW this weekend. Oh, sorry, not this weekend, on the 10th, so that will be in a couple of days from now. So um, check that out when it comes out. It'll be interesting to see how that how that is produced on a different network than previously. So same cast and everything. There'll be a big crossover um, episodes with Flash and Arrow. Um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, where that series goes from last year and um, whether or not it improves or... And whether or not the change of network improves the storylines which they tell. Um, Supergirl, I kind of fell off a little bit last year. Um, it started off really well and I enjoyed it, but then, yeah, I don't know. I just didn't really enjoy it all that much. It'd be interesting to see they've got Superman within Supergirl. Um, so it'd be interesting to how that carries out and whether or not that goes through any of the um, Flashpoint storylines which are in Flash. Um, this year so this is Flash Season 3 so that started I just um, watched the first episode just gone um, The Flash to me has always been the best of the of the DC Universe TV shows um, out the Flashpoint storyline be interesting to see what they do with that how that all works within the current uh, within the current TV universes which they have set up but the first episode anything go by, then this series, season three of Flash, will be the best by the looks of it. Um, they always seem to keep it fresh and exciting and entertaining, and they did it with ease in episode one, so I can't see how anything would change there. Legend of Tomorrow starts next week also, so we'll see how that goes. Um, be interesting to see where that series goes and also how their timelines um, move into uh, any crossovers, crossover episodes with The Flash and Arrow um, within and Supergirl possibly within those universes. So we'll see how all that goes. And then finally, um, we talked about Arrow, which came back this week also along with The Flash. Um, so... We've started off season five. Uh, his old team has uh, has uh, split up, and he's kind of finding himself again. Uh, there's a new villain in town. Anything from main DC canon, just a, another criminal villain in town. So I think this season's pretty much going to be. Uh, they've got this nondescript uh, villain that they're going to use whilst they're building up the new team, and then once the new team is built up and ready to go. 
it looks like uh, Deathstroke will return to the Arrow universe as the main protagonist. Um, so we'll see how that runs out. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how that Deathstroke story uh, runs runs out with with the new Team Arrow, Team Arrow version 2.0. Anyway, that's it for the show. Just one last thing on Television World, which isn't related to really much what we do, but it is related to um, the kind of genres and stuff we love. There is a TV show out from HBO called Westworld. If you liked um, any TV shows like X X Machina, Blade Runner, um, uh, trying to think of uh, any other uh, shows. If you're interested in artificial intelligence... Um, if you're interested interested in VR, if you're interested in, in thinking about how that may well affect the world around you um, and social interactions between the real and virtual worlds, then um, this show's a must-watch. It will, if anything else, it will entertain, but hopefully it'll make you think about things a little bit more, and we'll discuss that um, I think we'll leave it for the season to finish and then we'll do a full discussion once it's all done. But uh, the first two episodes are out, so check them out if you can. Anyway, that's it. I'm all done. We've re-recorded this first half of the podcast. I feel like I've been talking to myself for an hour, which I have. Yes. 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 See. 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 But yeah, we'll be back um, next week with... We'll re-record our uh, Chick Flicks for Guys review, which is a bit of fun. We had it. It's a shame it didn't get recorded. It was a fair bit of fun. So we'll each release our top three Chick Flicks for Guys. And then we'll also discuss a new Star Wars documentary that has come out recently about the prequels. Um, It's called The Prequel Strike Back. We'll discuss all of the topics that are kind of raised in that, whether or not it's changed our thoughts around what the prequels mean to us as fans who came from the original trilogy. What are some of the key moments in each um, each of the trilogies that make them important to the Star Wars universe? Anyway, that's it. Um, we'll catch you then. Enjoy your weeks, and may the Force be with you. Jeez, I never used that before. Signing off at the Force be with you. All right, we'll catch you later. Bye. Don't wanna be